So then I realized the online route of being able to work anywhere and serve a lot of people was very appealing to me. So almost immediately my schedule dropped from treating three days a week to one day a week. And I kept stepping in and the business was like growing at a rapid rate online. So I kept doing that. And then slowly but surely this one day a week became zero days. I was running that clinic's marketing. So I was doing their paid advertising, doing their campaigns. And then I was also building the online company. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Dr. Matt Shiver. As a physical therapist turned entrepreneur, it is his mission to help empower people to think for themselves and give them tools to live more fulfilling lives. Having taken on 100K plus of student debt to get his degree, Matt felt stuck when he began to realize that the system of treating patients all day was in fact not truly helping the patients get better. And on top of that, it limited his ability to scale the massive positive impact he had hoped to make. In this episode, we chat about how Matt pivoted his life to help other health advocates, practitioners, and coaches make a larger impact on their patients while also making life more fulfilling for himself. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Matt Shiver. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And I'm very excited for today's conversation because my guest loves all things business and marketing. And if you've been following my journey, you know that I talk about those concepts a lot. He also talks about systems that you can build into your business to help you scale. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Matt Shiver. How are you doing today, Matt? Dude, I am so good. Thank you for letting me be here. I remember I uh, first saw you, uh, you were talking about your podcast in the sauna at Squatch, <laughs> just like it's the gym we go to and it's pretty much where all the cool people hang out and uh, so much, so many people are like connected in there. I'm not surprised that it came up in there. Like literally the conversations I have on the podcast are great, but in the sauna, second to the podcast, I would say is the area that I have the best conversations and we're going to get right into it today because before we were hopping on, you were mentioning that you just got a course that you're taking where you're learning how to either purchase it or buy businesses without having any money. And first, I want to understand how this works because it doesn't make sense when you say it that way. But two, it's a huge interest of mine. I already invested in a couple businesses. I have my own. And in the future, it would be awesome to learn how to not manipulate, but kind of like gamify the system a little bit where I understand the rules more and I can make things work for me rather than me having to always do the work. And I think that's something that a lot of people out there that are listening to this right now would love to learn as well. So we're just going to kick it off. What is the course teaching you? Yeah. So it's, it's not acquiring money with zero dollars. It's zero dollars out of your own pocket. Okay. Right. Because if a business is worth something, it's profitable. And if it's profitable, it's, it's worth something. And if you get a business for no money, it probably means that it's not profitable or it's, it's losing money. Well, first off, it's way harder to start a business than it is to acquire a business that's already existing. Because that initial startup phase, you may need capital, but it also just takes time and energy to get it to be a certain level. 
but you could go ahead and acquire a company that's doing 10 or $20,000 profit each month. And now if you acquire that, you just acquired 10 to 20K a month, which is what most people's goals are when they're starting to become like an entrepreneur. It's like, oh, I just want to make 10K a month. It's like, cool. You could generate that from your own work and do all those things. Or you could acquire something that already profits $10,000 a month. And yeah, if you do acquire it and there is some financing involved, some of that money is going to go to paying the seller of the business back or whatever way, you, other way you accumulated or acquired that money to purchase the business. So what it helps you do is essentially figuring out and identifying what are businesses that are profiting that I want to acquire. And right now we're entering an age of a bunch of baby boomers who are going into retirement. There's about 250,000 business owners that are baby boomers. So when they are done, they either have to sell, they have to either close their doors, or they give the business to family members. But if we look at the statistics, only about 20% of businesses that want to sell actually sell. Unlike the housing market where everybody wants and knows that real estate is the best investment. Like, ooh, I've got to find real estate. I got to put my money in real estate. That's a very saturated market to where you almost have to pay cash over asking price to get the investment or the asset. But for businesses with 20% actually closing and like selling, it's a market that you can finance very freely. So like you could ask the seller to say, yeah, I can acquire this. I would love to, to take this thing over. Do you do any financing and do financing through them to where you could essentially pay off 80% plus of the amount that the business is worth that you guys negotiated on through the seller financing. And then the other 20%, you can find strategic ways to finance that down payment of it. But it's a very untapped market. There's not a lot of people that see businesses as like a safe investment, right? So it's like, oh, I know, I know houses are gonna be there. But with businesses, there is a little risk involved, but you should acquire businesses that already have operators in place. So you can find businesses that are already have COOs, CFOs, CMOs. So they already have all the things and you can find something to where you don't have to actually work in it. Like you may have to do some operations and organization to set it up for success. But for the most part, that's the goal is like, I want to acquire an entity that's already profiting money. And even if it's profiting 10K, cool. Maybe 5K of that goes to pay the seller. Cool. That's 5K for me. Or I could put some of that money back into the business and let that continue to grow to where the profits keep growing. And then I take that distribution. Let's define some things for whoever's listening. So you mentioned seller financing. What would that look like in reality? Yeah. So that would be like, okay, you and your, your seller, let's, let's say you guys agreed that the business is worth $100,000. And, and a business can be selling a million dollars, but still only worth that. It's really depending on like what the profit is. And um, seller finance would be like, okay, we agree that this is going to cost $1,000 based off of industry standards trailing 12 months revenue, trailing 12 months profit, history of the business, industry, blah, blah, blah. All right, it costs $100,000. In the real estate market, people are going to have to pay that cash. Like they're going to pay the full $100,000 or they may have to go above asking price in cash to acquire that. With businesses, since it's not as competitive, you can you do just ask, hey, can I finance this through you? Which would be like, I'll pay you the $100,000 but how can I pay it to you over time? Same thing like how your phone, for most people pay phones, cars, all those things. 
and you can negotiate the interest, if there even is interest, and the terms. So you can finance how long it is, what the monthly payments are, all of that. You can pretty much just negotiate and make a deal. And again, since it's not as saturated, you can get really creative with your deals. There's flexibility at the end of the day. And that's why I love business because like I got into business because I'm stubborn as fuck and I want to do things my way and learn things my way. And I'll give a great example. So we had a quarterly meeting for MSW yesterday. And normally if I had a quarterly meeting, like in the corporate world, like one, I'm showing up in a shirt and a tie or a suit, whatever. Right. And you're in a stuffy office for nine hours and they order lunch in and you probably like work through the lunch because people are like, can't turn off. But what we did was like, we were in this, like, it literally was called the chill lounge at one of the apartment complexes that one of our business partners is in. And we order true food for lunch. And then there's a pool right there. So for an hour long break, we're sitting at the pool and chatting about whatever. The reason I'm telling this story is to just paint a picture for people out there that in business, you can make it how you want to make it. And it's the same thing almost with deals, which is what you're saying, where when you're getting into financing, like I'm going through this right now, we just sold a house and we're buying a new house. The cool thing on the selling side of houses that I didn't realize until I did it was like, especially in Austin, you have this like negotiating power and there's different ways to like get what you want. So there's something called like a lease back where we sold, we technically sold our house for a little bit less than another offer, but they gave us a free lease back. So we got to stay in our house for 60 days for free. And that saved us more money than technically selling for the other price. So there's like little things that even I learned in that. And again, I'm saying this because even in what we call more strict negotiation where you're in the real estate market, it's kind of like not the wild west. They have standard ways of doing things. There is leeway if you do your research and, and learn. So that's where my next question is like, why are you taking this course in the first place? Like what came up in your brain where I'm just like, this is the course. And then how did you find this course? Because that that's a selfish question because I love this stuff. And it's like, who's even teaching this? Yeah. So I've been in the entrepreneurial world now since I graduated from physical therapy school in 2019. So still relatively new to it, but I knew I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. So why I got interested in it in the first place is that I would love to acquire multiple companies and build a portfolio of companies and they can all gear towards the same thing. So let's say I wanted to create a health and wellness brand that supports entrepreneurs. Let's just, just, just put that out there. I could acquire all different companies that specialize in serving that person. I could acquire a media brand this podcast, like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy this podcast and, and you can buy podcasts. Other media could be, I'm going to buy a Facebook group. I'm going to buy a LinkedIn group. I'm going to buy an email list. So you can acquire all the things that you would need to support these people. So, all right, let's say I, that was my media. That's my source of leads. I just bought that almost better than owning, like paying Facebook and YouTube for ads. You're renting that traffic instead of like, I'm going to acquire all the traffic. Cool. What other products and services can I also acquire to sell to these people to serve them? I could acquire a supplement company. I could acquire a like a blood work company. I could acquire a fitness company. So it's like, how are all the different ways that I can serve my person? And being a service provider, it's like I'm gonna acquire, I'm gonna have one product and I'm gonna do one service, and that's how I'm gonna grow my business, and I'm just gonna do that really, really well which is great. But when we do that, we often 
outsource a lot of other projects. Like I need to outsource my marketing. I need to outsource all this. And it's like, well, what if you owned all the things that you were outsourcing your work to? It's pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're going down the same path that like I kind of go down. Like yeah. if I were to look at my own life, like this year would culminate in exactly what you're talking about where great instances on Saturday, Squatch had a, an event. So for anybody that's listening, that's new to this podcast, Squatch Frontier Fitness is the gym that a lot of us go work out at here in Austin, Texas. And it's more than just a gym. It's a community to connect like-minded individuals and really just become your best human possible. And at that workout was MSW Nutrition, which I'm helping to grow where we're literally trying to get the world healthier and happier through vitamins and blood work and community and education. And then after the workout, people were in my mobile sauna where they're also doing ice baths. And then during the workout, I'm educating them by leading the workout and then also having a little conversation with them afterwards where this past weekend's theme was building confidence. So we get to have a conversation around how do you build confidence? So it's pretty cool to like hear what you're talking about. And then if I think about my own life, I've spent years trying to like have ownership in the different pieces that I'm already integrated in. Now you're taking it to this next level where it's like starting from the ground and just potentially purchasing all of that rather than build it. Like I've been in build mode trying to build them. And it intrigues me because there's a lot of things that like I would add to the ship that I have. There'd be additions to it. Great instance would be like, okay, we have the mobile sauna. What could I add to that mobile sauna where I don't want to have to actually build it? What could I own? So maybe it would be, we have people ask us to build them. So what if we bought a business that is a woodworking business, right? So that's where my head goes. And I'd love for you to just take it a little further into this is what you're interested in you're thinking about it one i'd love to know like where you're at in that actual journey and two what's your actual motive behind it like what's the mission yeah yeah that's a, that's a great question and i i'm very new to this i've been learning about it and uh, i'll be starting outreaching next week so what i want to acquire first so i do a lot of consulting i do a lot of consulting with business owners solopreneurs, a lot of coaches in the wellness space and help them grow their business. And for me, if I keep doing that, it's like I'm doing most of the work, most of the implementation. It's like, what if I acquired a marketing agency and they did all the fulfillment? That would be amazing. So that would reduce so much of my workload. And if the marketing agency fulfilled on the clients that I was sending them, I would also get profit from that. And I would be the owner of it. So I'm like, wow. So by going down this, this rabbit hole, it's like, what are the things that you're currently doing that you want to reduce? So a lot of it does come back down to freedom. It's like, I want to have freedom of my day. I want to have freedom to be able to serve and work on projects that excite me. And any of the busy work that I do, I typically already do outsource. Like with most of the companies I do support, it's like, cool, build a system, build a process, outsource it. So it's like, this is that, that to the next level of like, cool. Anything that I outsource is outsourced to your company. Is outsourced to my company. Yeah, it could be to my company. Exactly. Health and wellness is big to me. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I have been practicing since 2020. And um, yeah, I think about like 20 or 21 months since I've like last treated a patient. But I still really do connect with that mission of wanting to help serve the population and, and make them more informed 
with their healthcare decisions and just be more informed about their health in general. So by doing something like this, it allows me to have a much bigger impact. It allows me to serve much more people and a much greater level than I could if I was just a solo practitioner treating 15 hours a week. So that was pretty much what I would, I would do. I would treat part-time because when I noticed if I tried to treat full-time, I just, I lost the integrity of the treating I was giving. So this allows at a much higher level to be able to serve those people and to continue that mission. So it's cool. I'm going to build this health and wellness database or just source to help health and wellness coaches and providers to be able to share their message. So whether that involves like first acquisition is, is going to more than likely be a marketing agency. And then after that, it's like, where else will that go? I don't know. But as of right now, that's the one area that I want to pick up first, because that would reduce a lot of the work that's on my plate and it would allow me to serve more people. I love it. Curveball here because it, we've been talking about like purchasing businesses, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the struggle of dropping patients to then like completely go into this new world because there's a lot of people listening that you're going a million miles a minute here. Like I became this entrepreneur and now I'm looking at potentially buying these businesses to help serve my clients. But I know that there's a backstory to that. You don't just go from like practicing physician to I now know how to acquire businesses and serve other entrepreneurs or therapists or coaches or whoever else your target market is. There's a lot more I would say stickiness to it. Yeah. For you, you mentioned you haven't treated a patient since 2020. What was the point where you were like, this is not what I want. I want to do something different. Yeah. Great question. So I was online coaching. I was already in the online space in 2015, just like coaching friends, families, like giving them nutrition advice, giving them workouts. Didn't know what I was doing, you know, but I was doing that. And then uh, right before I went into physical therapy school, I sent out, I kind of already, I didn't realize this was entrepreneurial, but it was. I found out all the CrossFit gyms that were in the city of Durham, North Carolina. And I sent all of them messages being like, hey, I'd love to coach in exchange for a gym membership. So I was like, I want to coach weightlifting. I was like, a deal, making deals. <laughs> I was like, hey, I, I started this weightlifting club when I was in college at this university. Uh, I got a bunch of people together and we built a team that, that trained together three times a week. I'd love to contribute this to your to your gym in exchange for a free membership. It was really just because I, I did want to grow that skill set I had of Olympic weightlifting, which is what I've done in college and I had a lot of passion for. So I reached out to all these gyms, started like any cold outreach, one or two will respond out of the 20 or so that you send in. <laughs> The person that did respond, like their weightlifting coach had just left and uh, it was a perfect fit. And I started taking on weightlifting clients because I was coaching there three days a week and people were like, hey, I, I need some personalized programming. So while I was in PT school, I had this little side thing on the side of coaching all these weightlifters. And then while I was doing that, another very well-known weightlifting coach who trains a lot of Team USA people was looking to build, like need another coach for his roster. So I was able to take more clients. So I was doing all this on the side as I was in physical therapy school. And I was like, I really like this flexibility of being able to work online. And then while I was in school, I was treating during the day where I'd have like patient hours during my clinical rotations. And I was not having the same level of fulfillment. 
and it was much more um, like in school we learn a lot of like around the insurance model which you could be seeing probably 15 or so patients to 30 a day in some clinics and if you're only working like nine to five that number is like oh that means i have at least two to four potential people in the building that i'm treating at the same time in an hour block how am i supposed to give good quality care to somebody in 15 minutes if they're in excruciating amounts of pain and want to get back to running or weightlifting or whatever their sport is it's like i can't do that in 15 minutes it's like hey yeah yeah how was your weekend okay good 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 uh, i want you to do this and then go to the next person i couldn't connect with the person and, and i knew while i was in school that so much of the healing process does rely on that patient connection and the trust that you build with that person so while I was in PT school, I was like going back and forth. I'm like, this online stuff is way better. I can have calls with these people. I can devote as much time and energy as I want to them. And I can charge whatever I feel is, is fair for value for both parties. While the in-person clinic and the insurance-based model was, this is how you have to treat. This is how you have to bill. And this is what you have to do. And it was like- There's a code for everything. There's no freedom in here, right? So I remember having like a breakdown the last year of PT school, it's three 12 week internships. So three months at each spot. And I remember having a breakdown on my second internship when the volume was just like, you know, one person after the next. And my CI was like clinical instructor who's like, a, essentially it's PT practitioner who like takes a student on. He was getting on me about, Hey, you need to go do this. And I was like, we don't have time to do this. Like we, we need to do this. And he, he just like snapped at me. He was like, just, just do it. And I'm like, I don't like it. And then I, he could see that I was really upset. And we ended up like having a conversation like later on that day. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be. And he, he was really supportive. He's like, you can do this part-time or you don't have to do this. It's like, yeah, man, but I'm, I just invested. I went to Duke University. It's a private school. I, you know, I, I just invested. Uh, I'm now a hundred thousand dollars in debt from going to PT school. It's like, what do you mean? I can't, I don't have to do this. Throughout that entire journey, it was so much of like, man, should I just be a strength coach and just do this stuff online? But I, um, so I ended up finishing through with school. I imagined that it would give me a, a bigger breadth of knowledge and uh, ability and skill set to, to help people, which it 100% did. But as I got out of school, I was like, I'm not going down that insurance phase route. There's no way I'm going to go down that insurance phase route. And I had a few people recommend going to do that. Like, he's like, hey, like, um, do you know who Kelly Starrett is? No. Mobility Wad. Have you ever heard of that? Supple Leopard? No. Oh, man. Okay. This is why I do, this is why I podcast. I learn something new every time. Yeah. He's like the <laughs> OG CrossFit mobility guy. I spent a week in his gym after I had finished one of my rotations, like while I was across the country. He was like, if you're going to break the model, you need to at least be in the model for a little bit. I'm like, no. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, uh, while it was a great, great advice, I just was like, no, I, I can't do that. It just doesn't feel right. I don't feel good with it. So before I graduated school, I was networking. As I've done more interviews, I'm like, man, I did do a lot of business entrepreneur, like networking and making deals. I'm like, wow, I never considered those things as It's being very clear looking back, but yeah. looking forward <laughs> is always gray. Exactly. No matter what level you're on, like the more you know, the more you start realizing you don't know shit. But then you look backwards and you're like, actually, I was kind of on to something there and there and there and there. But that's the beauty of life, I, I feel like. 
What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Matt. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shoutouts, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Dr. Matt Shiver. I reached out to a local physical therapist that was treating a cash-based model. So out of network, no insurance accepted, those are the therapists that I see now or like anyone who I see is like, I want you to cash pay because I want your full undivided attention. So I reached out to him and I met with him. We were just chatting back and forth. I told him about my skill set of working online and making online programs. And he's like, he just had this big grin on his face. He's like, well, we just launched an online program and we don't have anybody who knows anything about online coaching, programming, and like we don't have the space to build an online business because we're running this in-person practice. And he also has some masterminds and he's got some other stuff going on. So he's like, I don't have the bandwidth to devote to this. Like this was our first time of meeting. And he's like, when you graduate school, would you be interested in working part-time as a physical therapist? So treating 15 hours a week and then building an online company the other 15 hours a week. I was like, yeah, that would be amazing. (laughs) And shortly after, yeah, that was essentially exactly what happened. So I was programming for him to show him that I was capable and he got to learn my communication style. And that was all for free. For anyone who's listening, if you are an entrepreneur or want to be down this route, like you're going to do a lot of things for free. You just are just to start and get the foot in the door and like show people that you're competent. There's going to be some, probably some free work involved. And so I was programming him for free and he got to learn my communication style. And then immediately after I graduated, I started working both avenues. And um, as soon as I got into it, I did realize that the online stuff was much more fulfilling and I could have a much bigger impact. And it was just so fun. What I was doing for this company is that we already had the person that was partnered with, and this guy who partnered with me also was really good with understanding partnerships and business and like creating a super team of like, hey, this person's really good at this. This person's good at this. And we all fed off each other. So for me, I found out really quick that I'm re- my skill set is creating systems and marketing strategy. So those two things was what were needed. We had this big Instagram account that had a few hundred thousand followers, but there was no systems in place. There was a simple ClickFunnels website that would get people to sign up, but that was all that was created. So then when I got brought on, I was like, oh, cool. Let me learn all the things I can about digital marketing and system creation. And I was just so excited. Like I'd wake up really early at like 5 a.m. just to go learn. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like I don't feel the same way as I feel like when I'm learning about physical therapy or treating patients. 
So I, I kept listening to that. And then slowly but surely, like COVID happened. And I really, it was beautiful because it allowed me to assess what am I doing right now? And what do I want to do? So then I realized the online route of being able to work anywhere and serve a lot of people was very appealing to me. So almost immediately my schedule dropped from treating three days a week to one day a week. And I kept stepping in and the business was like growing at a rapid rate online. So I kept doing that. And then slowly but surely this one day a week became zero days. I was running that clinic's marketing. So I was doing their paid advertising, doing their campaigns. And then I was also building the online company. And then slowly but surely, I remember having a conversation. He's like, yeah, like, are you cool with just doing the physical therapy, advertising and marketing just like, I was like an ongoing basis. And I was like, nope. I was like, came out like, no, this isn't really fulfilling. And I do want to put all my eggs over on this basket here and create a plan to just transition out of that into the other business. And that's what we did. How did you go about learning all of it? Because I think one of the things that stops people the most is we're brought up in a system where you have a teacher that gives you a book that's like, this is what you're getting graded on. But in entrepreneurship, you have to learn to kind of like, know when I have the saying called feed the flame. That's what you were doing with learning digital marketing. Like we feel within ourselves the things that are pulling us. We shouldn't have to be pushed. That's where everyone makes their first mistake is if you have to be pushed to do something, that's, that should tell you something. But if you feel pulled, I'm eerily similar to you. Even how I got into entrepreneurship and like the types of books I read, it's just like I get obsessed with something and I just keep following that obsession. But before I knew how to follow that obsession, a lot of it was just like spraying and praying. What did that look like for you? Were there any books that you read that like had a major impact? Were there any mentors? Were there any courses prior, obviously, to the course of learning how to buy other businesses? Like, what practically were you doing? Paint that picture. So anybody that's listening that may be going down a similar route that you went, that was in the route that I went, or maybe is already an entrepreneur and is feeling a little bit stuck, like what were the practical things that you were doing on a daily basis to get to that point where you could be pulled in a direction and get obsessed. Yeah, man, there's so much that comes up because there's a lot of lessons that I, a lot of things I did that I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that I didn't do. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I did that. And there's things I did and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was perfect. I'm so glad I did this. So for me, it was definitely like, I, I'm very coachable and I really like being coached. So I am a course junkie for sure. I've probably invested in like the past two years over over probably fifty thousand dollars in like in courses and uh programs and mentorships what have been the most impactful ones the most impactful ones so the strong coach that's mike bledsoe's program and i currently support their company as well that was a really big one for me because it added a level of personal development to it that i wasn't experiencing um pre that it was a lot of tactics and i find that really common in the entrepreneurial world is that things are so tactics driven that you can lose touch of like what you really want and like following your heart and listening to your body. So that was extremely powerful for me because it allowed me for all the skills and stuff that I'd learned how to listen to my body and be like, what do you want? And that was when I started his program was like, okay, I realized I didn't want to treat three days a week. I wanted to treat one day a week. I wanted to do 
just this one thing. So like that allowed me to connect to myself. So if somebody listening here doesn't feel connected, that's definitely a good program I would, I would recommend or um, some sort of like emotional health, uh, emotional support or mindset type of program would be really good for them. Once you've got that or before that, the tactics and whatnot, man, I could would consume any and everything I got my hands on. When I first joined the company, the teams that I was building, they already had courses. And that's pretty common. Like if you want to partner with someone or like want to do something like a lot of your friends probably already have courses and like logins that they'll share with you. Yep. Dude, I would consume so much of it so fast. So like I did consulting.com, which was Sam Ovens program. Yeah, someone shared access to me with that one. Ross shared that with me. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a really good one. I was really, really, it blew my mind because it was it was probably one of the most in-depth courses I'd taken in a while, but that was a good one. I took two different Facebook ads courses. Both of them accesses were shared to me. One was for physical therapists only, and one was for to build an online side hustle. So those are three courses that I got for free just by joining the companies that I was supporting and they already had access to it. One of the most transformative ones that is actually affordable for anybody is Digital Marketer. Digital Marketer is, um, they've got a subscription. I pay a hundred bucks a month. I've had that membership for at least two years now. So I don't know if it's more than that now, but that gave me access to unlimited amounts of courses. Like they have, it's like a Netflix subscription, but only for digital marketing. So if you need to learn how to do Facebook ads, if you need to learn how to do email marketing, if you need to learn how to build a website or like make website copy, if you need to learn how to do a podcast or like make a video, like they have short two, three minute videos on all that stuff, but they also have 10 to 20 hour courses on this content and they have templates like copy and paste templates, all that stuff. So that company has been the biggest game changer for me because digital marketer, is owned by Scalable. And Scalable is the company that, that now has the how to acquire businesses. And it also has the, the current mastermind that I'm a part of, which is called the Founders Board, which is also Scalable, that teaches people how to build systems. So that entire entity has a lot of my money <laughs> over the past like two or three years, but I learned so much from them. So yeah, Scalable.co, I think is systems one and they also have the consulting for equity or epic which is the buying and acquiring businesses and then they also own digital marketer they have a lot of different companies and entities they probably have 20 or so companies that run one company and i can't really understand how it works but it's it's fascinating <laughs> hey i mean it sounds like you're on the train to becoming a company like that which is really cool hearing you talk about it because it's something that one, I connect with, and then two, like I hope to do the same thing as well. But you mentioned the word like systems like 17 times now, and it's like music to my ears. But for everybody, when they hear the word systems, they think of a million different things. And I'd love to understand a little bit more of like when you mention the word systems or helping other coaches build systems or companies build systems, what initially should people be looking to build like when you're when you're when you're saying the word system what do you even mean yeah so it's it's creating this really clear process of how your company does business or how it serves clients how it uh, acquires clients so typically the starting point of all of that is can you draw out on a piece of paper or a whiteboard how you acquire clients and if you can't draw it out it's 
probably very confusing and it's not probably very successful. The most successful things are like, okay, they come from here, then they go from here, then they go to here. But you're like, oh, well, it depends. There's like 50 different ways that we could acquire somebody. It's like, okay, but that's not scalable. So creating a scalable system typically revolves around, let's draw this thing out. Let's start from a start, from the time they hear of you or know who you are to the time they purchase. Can we draw that out? And most companies may have multiple ways to acquire, but for most people starting out, and honestly, probably for most people listening and like starting business, just focus on one. <laughs> just focus on one way to acquire clients and get really good at that. Once that thing is bringing in a quarter to half a million dollars, then you can try to build another way to generate revenue or generate like clients. But for most people, just stick with one. So being able to draw that out, like how do I acquire clients? Cool. That's your system, right? Now I can put that up, up here somewhere. And then I also need to draw out how do I fulfill on that service? Again, it should be easy and drawn out. Once you have both of the maps, so called process mapping, I can see and visualize this is how I acquire, this is how I serve. Awesome. In here, in these steps, what in here are like really important parts that need to be documented. So it's like, okay, how to do a sales call if sales calls are in there. That's an important process that needs to be mapped out. And it needs to have KPIs, which is a fancy word for uh, key performance indicators, which is like metrics to be able to test, is this doing well? So like at a basic level of systems is, can you visualize and easily describe how I help people? Do you have a process of like, this is how this part of this process is done? And do I have a number to tell me if I'm hitting my target or not? Because once I have that system, then it's just adjusting the parts of it. Be like, okay, what if this KPI or this process right here inside of it, what if this doubled? What would happen to the rest of the system? Because a system is if, if one part is changed, it should affect the entire system. So it allows you to kind of tinker with the numbers of, okay, what if we doubled our ad spend? Oh, cool, look at that. Look at this does over here. What if we made our sales call closing rate? What if we doubled that? What would happen to everything else? Oh, actually, you know, we don't need any more leads. Our leads are fine. It's just the closing rate. So it's like you can see the business as almost as a machine and see what needs to be modified or tweaked to give you the end result that you're looking for. At what stage should somebody be thinking like that? Because it's easier said than done. It's just like when you're first starting, I feel like, somebody that just heard that they could spend all day trying to figure out what you just said rather than like going and getting their first client. So how do you know when you should be focusing on improving your system versus getting business? Yeah. I'd say for most people, it, get at least 10 clients, get at least 10 clients. And then you can look at the system because you're not going to know how do you acquire clients? Like that's a question. It's not, let me write this out. You're like, no, like how do you right now get clients? Like if you don't already have a way, you don't need to build a, a system because you don't have any clients. So go get 10 clients and then look back and be like, okay, of the 10, where did like most of them come from? Can I map that out? Okay, cool. But until you have those 10, it may not be very there's no need for all the organization. I mean, it, it's good to have, don't get me wrong. But like step one is like, for most people is, what is a problem that I can solve? Can I make a really good home run offer? Okay, and now can I get 10 people 
that are around me in my ecosystem to sign up for that, then you can start talking about like a system. But until you're there, it's just going to waste your time. I love that answer. I've noticed in the market, because we're talking about a lot about courses and education and learning, and I've noticed a trend over the past kind of decade where there's so much information out there that people think the learning is the actual business, meaning they get stuck in this learning loop is what I call it. And they're ahead of themselves when it comes to actual business knowledge, but not in the implementation of it. So what I mean by that is just like, they have a vast amount of knowledge of like how to run a business that's actually a lot bigger than what they've even ever started themselves because they just haven't, I would say, put their nose to the grindstone and they can get stuck in the, and this has happened to me because I went to school for systems engineering. So we weren't, we learned how to like build these really massive models and then reverse engineer them down. But I would get caught with my head in the clouds of like working on these big, massive things rather than being like, it doesn't matter if I'm trying to solve for Z when I really need to be working on the variables A, B, and C. Let's start there and like start at the very beginning. So if you were going to start today, you mentioned some of the things that you wish you didn't do and some of the things you wish you had done. If you were to start like right now, what would that look like? Fresh slate, you've learned the courses, you've, you've taken those things. It's like tomorrow, it's day zero today and then tomorrow's day one. Like what would that look like to spin up an offer and maybe acquire a client? And feel free to go in the weeds with this. So it's just like, I know you know what the fuck you're talking about. So like, I'm trying to paint a picture for somebody out there that is spinning up a new idea or an offer. How would you go about doing it? Yeah, so is there an offer in particular that we'll be doing here or just like, all right, I have an idea, I wanna serve people. It's a service-based business. Yeah, go go with that. Cause that's like most people when they get into entrepreneurship start with a service-based, even though like, I love product-based only because you can sell things when you're sleeping, when you create the products. The service is just like very like, you're stuck in the business a little bit in the beginning, which again, both like I love service-based because you get the fulfillment from that I've found. But a lot of people I would say start with service-based, a coach, they're a therapist, they're a chiropractor, they're a dentist, like whatever. Service-based is a, is a big thing in today's world. So I feel like running with that would be a great, a great way to go about it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of starting with market research and there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, one of the easiest ways to acquire clients is, so you would put out either, uh, you can send a text, you can send an email, you can post on social, whatever your audience is. It's like, hey, I'm looking for five people who are struggling with blank to hop on a call and this is not a sales call. Like you clearly said, this is not a sales call. I am looking to create a solution for blank. Could I have 30 minutes of your time? And what you do on that call is you ask the questions to try to figure out the language that they're using and the problems that they actually are having to be able to solve. Because a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I, I, this is the problem, I know it, but people don't want that. So it's like, can I get in front of them and use the words that they're actually using so then when I make posts, when I make content, when I make my marketing, it's around what they actually want instead of what I think they want. So I would do some client research and 
the highest and most valuable would be actually interviews and like actually talking and asking them questions. So you can ask them like five or 10 questions about what they're struggling with. I mean, somewhat like kind of a sales call, right? Like some sales calls are like, what have you struggling with? What have you tried before? Stuff like that. But also like getting more into like the struggle and really like what words have gone through your head? What statements have you said that no one else would like know about? Because if you know what that that thing is in their head, like that statement of like, I'm just not good enough or man, I'm, I'm miserable. Like I can't keep doing this. Like those statements that they say in their head, if you can if you can use that to connect with your person when they're in this state of need, like they're going to want to work with you because you're connecting to what they're, they're currently experiencing. So I think step one is, is definitely market research, whether it's a call that's the highest value. If not, you can also do Instagram polls or like these polls where it's like, you know, Hey, I've got some questions about, or I'm looking to create a solution to blank. If you are this, if you don't mind, just like, filling out these things and like every story for the next like 10 stories is like clicking an answer. Like you ask a question, give them choices and then they click. And two, if, if you do it on Instagram, anybody who clicks any of those things, send them a DM. They're clearly, they're already showing you, they're raising their hand saying, yeah, I, I struggle with this and this is what I'm looking for. So you can literally, if they click your poll saying, yeah, this is, this is something I'm struggling with, start a conversation with them. <laughs> so I think a lot of it does revolve around conversations. I mean, you can start like, all right, this is what I'm going to offer. I'm going to make social media posts. But if you're not talking to people and like understanding what they want and then what they need and what their struggles are. And that's step one for sure right there. I fucking love that. And I think it's so overlooked. And if you follow me on social, like one, you'll notice I post a lot. Like people probably overwhelmed with the amount that I post, but a lot of it has to deal with, I'm constantly gathering feedback. What are people commenting on? What are people DMing me about? What type of copy am I writing? Because I'm thinking 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead, 30 years ahead. So like a good instance for me is I want to write a book one day. So before I wrote a book, I went about, okay, I'm just going to write an email every day and then hey, who wants to be on my daily email list? It's pretty much like a journal entry, but maybe you could be helped by my thoughts. And then I start seeing who like responds to my emails every day and how they're responding and what emails hit home the most. So when I go to like write that book, all I have to do is go into my emails and look at like which ones got the most responses. Well, the ones that I wrote that got the most responses need to go in the book then. Whatever that topic was at that moment that got a couple of responses from people, that needs to be a page in the book. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Most people, especially if you're coming from like school or the corporate world, taking the time to do work that you're not paid for that's what market research is. And like a lot of people don't understand, like that's actually the most effective work. And I've been really, I've been saying this saying, so like if, if you were to do a call with me recently and you asked me, what is the saying that you've been saying to yourself recently? It's effective over efficient. I think we live in such a hyper busy world that people are trying to just become so optimized and so efficient that they're losing track of like what's effective for them, just like you were talking about earlier, like with following your gut and your heart of like, what do you actually want to do? Like what's effective for you and what's effective for me is two different things. We could both be really efficient. We can both outsource and find ways to get things done on time and maximize our time. But what's the point of maximizing your time if you don't like what you're doing in the first place? And that's like what I'm 
when I'm thinking about being effective, doing your market research and finding out what would be effective messaging is way more important in the beginning of starting a business than just starting the business. And I look at it like a pinball machine. Like you're going to find some answers and you're going to get some clients, but you're probably going to end up back at square one anyway because you're going to get overwhelmed or burned out or um, make some stupid decisions, which I've seen a lot of people do when they could have just saved that time and said, you know what? Like, just like Matt's saying here, I'm going to figure out what are people actually wanting and then give them what they, what they truly need yeah. rather than what I think that they need. And I, man, I see this with coaches all the time. Coaches are selling to other coaches and they don't yeah. even realize that. Like <laughs> Dude, they're, not, that too, man. they're not selling to their target customer. <laughs> like nobody cares that you have abs, bro. They'll literally sit there and be the face of their brand. Rather, they should be making their clients and their customers the face of the brand and what problems are they solving for their customers i see it with exercise videos like look at this cool exercise this is activating this muscle on this side I'm like your client just wants to lose weight stop, <laughs> stop. or in physical therapy right, i'm gonna do this external rotation of exercise and then i'm gonna do it at this angle here because this activates this my shoulder fucking hurts Will you make my shoulder stop hurting? I don't give a fuck about the angle. I don't care about the movement name. I don't care about the muscle. My shoulder hurts. Yeah, they're just getting likes from actual other physical therapists. Exactly. So it's funny how, have you seen my fitness page where I just post like, I don't know just, I uh, Is it your page? Your, CJ? Not CJ. I have like, a, it's called Thrive on Fit. And like, that was the one that grew the most over COVID because if you, if you follow it, I literally just post my work. Like there's no like do this or most of the time is I don't even say reps or sets. I literally just post the moves that I do. Cause I started realizing like I'm working out every day already. And people will ask me like, what are you doing? So I was like, okay, if the problem is they just want to see something and be like, Oh, let me try that. Rather what I used to do is like kind of like what you're saying, like, Oh, this is how many reps I'm doing. This is what exactly what I'm doing. And like, so that other people as fit as me could either, program around that or whatever but i was like it's not really what i'm out here to do like it's not my business but i also want to have an impact and like how do i grow that impact so what i noticed was when i just started posting like simple videos of literally like me doing three different moves people were saving it and sharing it and i started realizing like people don't care they just when they get into the gym they don't want to think when they get to the gym or they have a workout that they just want to plan a couple moves that they're going to do and understand kind of like what the target is. But the average person in today's world, like can understand why I'm doing some of the moves that I'm doing. They don't need to know the intricate things. Now I'm going to flip this around and we can, end, we can get in towards the end of this conversation. But if you're that person that like, if your target customer is another coach, that's when it's just like, you can lean into that. But a lot of people, again, I think going back to the very beginning of this conversation where you're talking about acquiring other businesses, it's knowing yourself enough to understand what the actual target is rather than going after what society says you should be going after or what money says you should be going after. And that's where I want to kind of like get into the end of this conversation towards where we started, where if I were to have a conversation with you one year from now and you were to have taken action on and using your own advice, taken action on acquiring those businesses and producing maybe media to start getting yourself out there and getting your foot in the door to acquire some of these businesses, 
what would your world look like a year from now if I were to have you come back? Like, what would one of those businesses be that you would acquire? And like, who would your target customers be? And how would you be serving them? And the reason I'm asking you this question is because maybe someone out there, one, could help you acquire that business if they hear this. Two, could potentially be a customer that you're serving between now and that year. So my major goal of this podcast is always to connect people. So if I can kind of paint that picture of where you think you're going in your life, maybe somebody that's hearing this right now can help you get there a little bit faster. Mm, I love that. So I'm going to start off by saying how my life would be different is that I probably wouldn't be that different in a good way of like, I'm already doing the things that fill my cup up and that I love to do. I love to travel. And I think this gets lost a lot in the entrepreneurial world. It's like, oh, I got to do this, this, and this. And it's like, then the business consumes who you are. So me, Matt Shiver, will still be traveling. We'll still have good boundaries with work and play and just like where I'm at. So like, that's going to stay the same the ability to serve more people will be increased because I'll have I'll have a team who's who's able to serve those people. So the company that I'm looking to acquire, as I mentioned earlier, would be a marketing agency that does support people. This marketing agency, even if it's not that right now, it will eventually warp into being more in the health and wellness space. I could see it having different sectors of like an umbrella, and this could be its own entity. I, I kind of have mapped some of it out. Or it could be its own as like, a sector that only focuses on physical therapists and chiropractors, a sector that only focuses on online coaches, a sector that only focuses on nutritionists, a focus only on gyms. So one, I could just acquire a bunch of these different ones, kind of roll them up into one, or I could acquire one agency by itself that eventually will evolve and grow and have different departments that do each of those things. But I'd love to have a specialty team that can support the healthcare or health and wellness space to where those would be the people you go to for website creation, for Facebook advertising. That's one of my favorite ways to acquire clients, email marketing, and even just overall, just like coaching. So like what I do now for most people is I I do sit on as like a fractional COO or a fractional CMO. And that just means like I'm responsible for strategy. So like I'm responsible for strategy and I, and I outsource a lot of the implementation. So that would still be offered. I wouldn't be the person doing that. But if I could have teams of people that were strategists as well to be able to, here's the strategy, here's the team we'll implement. That's what I'd love to create because that would allow me to share brands' messages and the health wellness space to, again, go back to my original thing. What I'm passionate about doing is being able to amplify their message through uh, the mediums and stuff that I've created and entities that will allow, again, the population to be more informed with their healthcare decisions. So if I can do that first through having this marketing agency, that's amazing. Later on down the road, I'd like to also have other brands, whether that's supplement companies, uh, apparel, equipment, stuff like that, that again would grow through using the marketing companies that I've acquired. So yeah, step one will be acquiring a marketing agency that's more than likely like a full stack, which is um, not like a specialist. Like it wouldn't, I don't want to acquire just a Facebook ads agency. I'd want to acquire more like a jack of all trades because I have projects that require all different things. And yeah, that's what my first acquisition goal right now. I love it. Do you have any partners? No, not right now. Would you be open to it? Yeah, absolutely. Partners just amplify the speed of things. So absolutely. (laughs) I ask them that question because I'm always looking to sink my teeth into new projects and having marketing is something I love to do. And then your vision for where you're trying to go is right in line with where I'm trying to go. But I also ask because maybe someone else out there wants to get involved as well, has some cash and wants to figure out how to 
sink their teeth into learning how to become an entrepreneur, just more from the investment side and ownership side rather than the the operator side. But this conversation, man, I could I could literally sit here and talk another hour or two. There's so many questions that I want to ask you, which is one of the reasons that I also ended on that year question because um, it'd be awesome to have you come back in the future and have you talk about the acquisition of that company. So I'm painting that picture and manifesting that. But the way that we wrap up this conversation is always the same way. If someone loved hearing what you had to say today, how would they best get in contact with you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I don't post a lot right now. It's Matt underscore Shiver, but I'm very active in the DMs. So if you wanted to shoot me a message, that would be a good spot. And then my website, mattshiver.com. And that has my services that I currently offer. Awesome. And then the last question that I always ask everybody, feel free to take a couple seconds to answer this. If I were to ask you, what does thriving mean to you? What would your response be? Uh, living was the first word that popped up. was like <laughs> Hell yeah. living. And, um, uh, and then to tie that back to again to the conversation we were just having is like, we can have all these business goals. We can have all these like fitness goals. I know for me, that was me for a long time was like, I want to be a competitive weightlifter. I had numbers, fucking KPIs, same thing, you know? <laughs> smart goals. For, for smart goals. And then like you just get consumed by that and that's not thriving. That's like, oh, cool. My business is thriving, but are you thriving? And maybe it isn't thriving. Their business is growing, but it's like, are you personally living? Are you living every day? Are you present? And are you happy doing what you're doing? And do you own your business? And your business doesn't own you. <laughs> It's an amazing response. I don't think enough people actually talk about that. And one of the reasons that I started the brand Thrive on Life is anything that I sink my teeth into, it's a constant reminder that it needs to be done with intent to not only strive in business and have my metrics and have my fitness goals, just like you're saying, but that response hits home because my brother was just out here with his wife and I reflected, I was like, what is, what is something I want to do with him that I, I just feel like I haven't done in a while or I've never done. And we went wake surfing and it was such a cool experience because he never wake surfed and I never wake surfed. And that to me is like, if people ask themselves like once a month, it literally could just be like, what is something out of your ordinary? Like that's something that I ask myself. So I love that we're so in line with, this episode. And at the end of every episode, I kind of like give a reflection on what my biggest takeaway was. And just from seeing your presence, super calm, cool. Like if you're listening to this, just sitting here with Matt, he's super calm, cool, and collected. And I know that it takes a lot of work to get to that point, a lot of self-work. And it just goes to show that like you do practice what you preach in terms of setting those boundaries of you do want to travel you do want to live this life where you're owning the business the business isn't owning you and i again i don't think enough people are talking about that in today's world especially on social media where we have like it's so fucking cool to own your own business and to own your own brand and whatever but with that with great power always comes great responsibility and if you don't allow yourself to sit back and reflect and understand like what is it that you want to do with your life not everybody has to be Elon Musk and work 100 hours a week. I, I don't want to do that ever. I want to be out in the sun and, and playing as much as possible. And that's one of the outlets that business allows me to do. So 
Thank you again for your time here today. Again, follow Matt on Instagram, shoot him a DM, tell him I sent you. And the best way that you can help us is if you could share this podcast with somebody that you think could benefit from it. And if you could save it for yourself for future reference. And lastly, if you could give it that five-star rating, it'd be super helpful. But until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.